we live in a horizontal world, but we crave being in the vertical world. It's the vertical world where we are connected to higher self, to the divine, to the integration of ourselves and the unknown. This is the piece that we, in our horizontal world, we tend to construct it such that we know pretty much what's going to happen. And we don't leave a lot of window for the unknown or for um, unpredictability. But in the vertical world, that most of it is unknown for us because it's out of the concrete. The vertical world holds the potential for, I'm going to use the term because we use it a lot, but I want to talk about it for enlightenment. And in my understanding of enlightenment, there are many different ways of looking at it, but it's really a shift from our physical identification to a spiritual identification. And what is in cased in that or included in that will depend on your tradition and depend on your own belief system. But definitely for everyone, it's a shift away from the embodiment and the physical identification as who we are. Not that we aren't embracing the life in physicality and enjoying it and tending to it and doing what has to be done, but the shift away from identifying who we are by our physical attributes and how we physically offer ourselves into the world. And the letting go of that, of that physical identification, which we have acquired through culture, family, society, ego, our own mindset of what it means to be in this world has limited us. Letting go of that creates a spaciousness. And it creates a possibility for us to be in the truth of who we are. And I mean truth with a capital T. So we have an existence, an aspect, um, a, an essence that is truly who we are. And that's a capital T. And then we have all of the things that identify us that are also true. It's true that we are many of those identifying factors, but they are with a small T because that's not the fullness and the truth of who we are in the entirety. It's just a piece of us, one piece. And for us to move into having a relationship with the truth of us with the capital T is our aim. This is where we're trying to go to let go of, not to let go of having a life of small aspects and duties and responsibilities, but to not identify because when we identify with these aspects and qualities, we get caught up in how it is that we are able to contribute to them. So now we start judging ourselves. I'm not a good mother because I lost my patience, or I'm not a good worker because whatever, we start having judgments because we have a preconceived notion of how living out that quality relationship responsibility should look. And this may be self-imposed. It may not even be family or society. It could be both or all, but it is often self-imposed. And so this is our responsibility to move beyond that and to allow ourselves to have a relationship with those aspects that doesn't get trapped or hijacked. So the truth with the small t represents this horizontal world, the activities, the relationships that we include in our life. It's just not the fullness of who we are. It is very much an identifying um, responsibility and quality that we carry because it's true. If you're a mother or a sister or a wife or a worker or whatever, you're, a teacher, those are qualities. They're just not the fullness of you. 
And if we allow ourselves to get trapped in that, we will live a life that is actually not as dimensional as we want to be. Enlightenment also, as we move in a vertical way to integrate into the unknown, we start to recognize that we're a part of the whole, not separate from. And this is one of the basic tenets of our maturity in our spiritual development as we move from me to we. That until that happens, we're still caught in identifying who we are. These small shifts from this physical identification to the spiritual identification come in some ways through what we will say is our dharma or our purpose. And I get a lot of questions from um, women who say, I'm looking for what it is that I'm meant to do. I have all of these other responsibilities as a mother and a wife and a work person and a, a community participant and all these things, but I'm not certain that any one of those is actually my dharma or my purpose. How do I know what my purpose is? Each individual has a unique expression into the world that is their contribution. And the way that we hear that or we connect with that knowingness with what our piece is, generally we look at it having a title. So my, what I can do is, and we'll have, it'll be something we can give um, like attributes to, we can define it. It's very, very easily defined. But the truth is that most of us, what we offer into the world in the larger part of us is not definable. It's an essence, it's a fragrance. It's not a thing. It's a beingness, not a doingness. So the way that we can enter into that, that different way of sitting in the world is through the silence and through solitude and through listening. This is why we talk so much about meditating and chanting and gazing at the candle and um, pranayama and all of the things that we do because we're trying to establish a more consistent connection with silence and solitude or stillness within us so that we can hear that resonance that is part of who we are that really relates to our essence and how we show up in the world, not as a task, not as a task, as a beingness. You showing up at an event or for your family, sure, you do a lot of things to make something successful, whether it's a gathering or an event, you have tasks associated with it. But where your impact becomes most influential is in the subtlety of you just being present. Because when you're present with the fullness of who you are, there is a calming, there is a spaciousness that opens up for others to have an experience of that event or that gathering that is different from just this, the little details of having the table set nicely and having the food arrive or whatever it is. Those are all lovely, but there's a quality beyond that, an essence of you beyond that, that is really your calling into the world. And we each show up that way differently in how we hold ourselves how we express ourselves, even in how you laugh or how the joy or whatever you bring, but it isn't a task. It isn't a task. The titles and the language that we give when people say, 
what do I do? You know, who am I in the world? Mothering and social activism and beauty in every form, whatever art form people contribute in communication, technology, hospitality, teaching. These are all fabulous ways that we channel what we can do into the world. The one of those that we show up the most with our essence and our, our quality of solitude and sweetness is mothering. We do a lot to mother, but we all know as mothers that it's not so much what we do, but how we are. How we are being with our children has more impact than all of the doing of organizing the lunches and the, the events and all the things. Those are great, but there's another layer that's more important and has a quality that's different. One of the things that we learn as we start on this vertical path instead of the horizontal path is that we understand that not there's no one task or one responsibility or one label that is more important than another, that they're just constructs of language. And that if we're showing up 100% to whatever it is that we're doing, that's the important thing, that it's not more important to um, to have a job someplace where you're the the ways that we measure in this society often of whether or not we have primacy or more importance in an activity or a label is through money prestige and power but when we start looking at those values and measurement being about essence and fragrance rather than money prestige and power we start to have a different relationship with how we are the art of playing on the playground of life is about showing up 100% in that fullness of who you are and not just the doingness of you. Until we separate the doingness from the beingness, we will do more because we can calibrate it and we can recognize it and we can check it off and see that we've done it. So it settles us in a way that we think we're showing up more fully. It's very elusive. Doing is very elusive. Doing brings on, begets more doing. It doesn't make you slow down. It makes you add more. We have to consciously slow down the amount of doing where we are contributing and actually bring ourselves into the situations in a different way. The great guru and saint uh, Ramana Maharishi, he is the architect of the question, who am I? And he explored through all of his teachings the stripping away of labels and attachments to the physical body in lieu of no words to identify or limit our truest self. I am nobody instead of I am somebody. When we start recognizing that we are nobody and we aren't because we are not labeling ourselves, we haven't given ourselves a context to become someone, we can actually live into the fullness of who we really are as our dharma and our purpose in this, in this lifetime. So the question of our purpose and our true nature really becomes, how do I cultivate the quietness of being where all truth is revealed? How do we sink into our no selves while still performing in the very physical world we inhabit? We're here, it's beautiful. The way that we do that is we soften our beliefs about how we should be we stop identifying concretely with a specific expression. So if we start stop labeling ourselves and saying that a mother behaves this way or a wife behaves this way or a teacher behaves this way, if we stop limiting ourselves in that and then criticizing ourselves when we don't live into some set of criteria that we have set up, 
when we soften our beliefs about how we should be, we have an opportunity to live more fully into who we really are. In our parenting, in our coupling, in our career, in our spiritual journey, if we let go of the model of ourselves of which we have been heavily invested, we find that we can show up in a different way. It's more than just being in the moment. So I hear a lot of people say, well, you just have to be present and be in the moment. It isn't just about being in the moment because all of us can, can conjure up for a certain amount of time being present and paying attention. We can all do that. It's about bringing our essence and our fragrance to that moment. That's wholly different than just corralling yourself and saying, okay, I'm present. I see what's happening. I'm here. I'm listening. That's very different than pulling up this essence from inside of yourself and delivering it silently into the gathering, into the space. It's not a doing, it's a being. In this place of fullness and wholeness, we emerge free from restrictive judgments, fears, contradictions. This is where we're living in this pool of ideas about who we should be and how it should be manifested. We have to step out of that because that's limiting. It's limiting. You were so much bigger than that, but you don't trust it or you haven't given definition to it. So you don't step into it. We need to just drop all of that. We have to drop it. There's a freedom or a lightness of being, a subtle power that emerges. It's like the butterfly out of the chrysalis. It's necessary to be in that formation state. We have to have the time. This is why we do all these practices and disciplines and gathering. It's part of our formation stage. But we eventually have to step out into that, into the butterfly that we are, and allow ourselves to fly. This is the where we're, this is the beauty that will emerge. And when this happens, the tension of life dissipates because all of the tension of life is related to how it is that we've constructed a model of how we should be and how everything else should be. I'm not even going into the rest of the world that's too complex. Just you, just how you should be. You have a model in your head. And until we let go of that, we can't access the beauty and we hold tension. But as soon as we access that natural beauty, essence, fragrance emerges and the tensions of life that are related to this model of somehow living into something that is going to make us happy or joyful or feel better or honor someone else or whatever the language is you put with it, that tension will dissipate. So this week, spend the time that you are available to these practices to not try to be present and notice what am I smelling, seeing, doing, to just sinking into this juiciness of who you are and just sitting in an event just sit for a moment let it ooze out of you don't make it a construct just let it be because you are that juiciness 